Welcome to the Prophecy Club. I got hit with a ransomware virus called Kraken, and it has encrypted about 100 of my most recent files, and fortunately I had backed up uh, my book and a few other crucial files, but several critical files. It messed them up. It encrypted them, and then I took it to, well, (laughs) I've had nothing but a mess with my computer the last few days, so my whole world has been kind of turned upside down, and even this broadcast, I normally would be a lot more organized with what I want to say and what I want to try to get across with the broadcast, but uh, today I'm doing good to just get a broadcast out. So I'm going to have to talk a lot from the heart from this broadcast. That might be a good thing. So what I'm afraid of is that I think that the next thing on the horizon, at least from the hand of God, as I talked about yesterday, is earthquakes. I'm not going to talk about that a lot today. But uh, I talked about how storms and hurricanes and tornadoes and everything on the list has hit America. We're in the process of seeing fires out in California. A hurricane is heading to America. We just got hit last year with massive floods. Well, the next thing is earthquakes. And that very, very much concerns me because Trump is a good negotiator. He has cut off funding to the Palestinians, which, of course, I think is a good idea. But that does move us closer to getting some kind of an agreement where the Palestinians are going to be given a state. And if we split Israel, God is going to split us. That very much concerns me. I've got a couple of articles here that kind of tie in a little bit. This is a headline is, boom, Nikki Haley withdraws U.S., unloads on a group of, quote, cesspool of political bias. And it's talking about how we withdrew from the United Nations um, Human Rights Council saying that China and several other nations are anything but protectors of human rights. And that's a good thing. We're doing a lot of things. Trump is doing a lot of good things. But the thing I'm afraid of is that he's pushing the Palestinians and Israel to form a state. And boy, if we split in Israel, then we are in real, real trouble. We've talked about this before. I'll just briefly mention it. Remember, Prophet Ephraim Rodriguez came in. He told us about how he was shown a vision that a large meteor is going to hit Mona Island just west of Puerto Rico, causing a tsunami about 1,000 foot high at Puerto Rico, but... It goes up the eastern seaboard anywhere from 200 to 400 foot high and inland anywhere from 200 to 100 miles inland. That would basically decimate America right there, but it gets worse. Where the meteor hits is an earthquake fault running up the Mississippi River Valley, splitting America from the Great Lakes all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico. And as I've said, I checked it out because if you don't have two or three witnesses, then you don't have to believe it. Well, I found six people saw a large meteor hit near Puerto Rico, not in France, not in Germany, but near Puerto Rico. Four of them saw a tsunami hit eastern coast of the United States. Six people saw America split into pieces. Three of them saw large chunks of California fall into the ocean. And nine of them, here it is, saw that this split came to America because we split Israel. Israel is the key of our blessings. Let me prove it to you. 
you remember, I believe it was, I want to say January, January the 22nd or something, just within a few days after Trump was inaugurated. You remember that when he stood up to the United Nations and he said, no, we are, we are going to move our embassy from Tel Aviv over to Jerusalem. Of course, Israel was very happy with that, but many of the other nations were not happy with that. On that day, we were allowed to begin to drill in the Anwar. That's the Alaskan National Wildlife Reserve. It has taken them some 45 years to get permission to drill there. Now, that's the same place that Lindsey Williams wrote his book about, The Energy Non-Crisis. And he was talking about how one day he was out on uh, a ride with one of the top people there at uh, the Atlantic Richfield Company where he was the chaplain. And they took him out and said, well, maybe you want to go see this chaplain. They took him out on this uh, island and they said, here, take this pair of binoculars and look because you're about to see oil squirt up. We're going to let it squirt for 24 hours. And that measures the all kinds of pressures, and, and it tells us the amount of oil that is down below. Well, when it came out, they were amazed. He tells the story in his book about how he went into the office after that, and they were all in a big party and uh, having drinks and stuff and rejoicing. And they had all these graphs and charts that says that this is going to be the biggest oil find in not just American, but world history. This is the largest oil field on the earth discovered to that point, and they were all in a day of celebration. The next morning, he walks in. They said, they need to talk to you, and they were all very somber, and they said, we have been ordered to shut it up. We're not going to produce that oil field right now, and you are not to say anything else about it. This is all in his book, Energy Non-Crisis. Well, a couple of days after Trump gets into office, he opens up the Anwar. Okay, now here you go. Listen to the article today. Headline. Great again, colon. USA is now the largest global crude oil producer, surpasses Russia and Saudi Arabia. Why is that happening, brothers and sisters? That's happening because we, i.e. Trump, is supporting Israel. Because when you, I mean, Genesis, what is it, 12? Says that I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse them that curse you. So that's what we're doing. As we bless Israel, God blesses us. Now keep in mind, there's another side to that coin. And that is, if you hurt Israel, if you curse Israel, then you will be cursed. Matter of fact, uh, there's another ministry out there that is a watchman-type ministry. I won't mention names. But uh, apparently this ministry is very anti-Israel. And I also hear that ministry is having trouble. Well, no surprise. You want to be blessed, you bless Israel. Well, Israel doesn't always do right. No, I know, I understand. But if you go back and read Genesis 12, I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse them that curse you. Notice it doesn't say, I will bless them that bless you when you do right. And I will bless them that curse you when you do wrong. It doesn't say that. I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse them that curse you, period. Means we support Israel, be they right or be they wrong. Be they good or be they bad. We don't support Israel just because they're good. 
And this is, you know, the average American can't get past this. We, we can't understand that these are God's chosen people. The children of Abraham, let me say it again, I want to be crystal clear about this. The children of Abraham receive a special blessing. That means a blessing above all the other nations of the earth, all the other tribes, all the other colors of skin, red and yellow, black and white. (laughs) They're precious in Jesus' sight. But that means that all of the children of Israel are all blessed above all of the other nations and tribes of the earth. Get that into your heart. Remember that. Now, understand that just like there's two sides of the coin of blessing Israel, there's two sides of the coin in being a son of Abraham. Because when you're a son of Abraham, yes, you're blessed. But also means you're more cursed because they are the most hated of all nations. They are the most persecuted of all nations. Remember the Holocaust. So they have their own sets of blessings and curses, but they are on a higher level playing field than us. And I'm not Jewish. As far as I know, I don't have a, a drop of Jewish blood in my history, my background, my genealogy. If I do, it's a surprise to me. But I love the Jews. Now, I don't love the Jews because they're wonderful people. I've been to Israel, and there's some really snotty Jews. <laughs> I love the Jews because I'm commanded to love the Jews. And I love the Jews because I love the Lord. And they are his chosen people. Doesn't mean they're good. Doesn't mean they're righteous. But I want that blessing. And I know that they are more blessed than me. And if you want to be blessed, you'd be knowing that too. Now, let me finish this article. Great again. USA is now the largest global crude oil producer, surpasses Russia and Saudi Arabia. The article goes on to say, see if I can see a date here, September 12, 2018. This comes to us from climated, no, I say climatedepot.com, climatedepot.com. Got to figure out where the spot is there. It says the United States likely surpassed Russia, Saudi Arabia, to become the world's largest crude oil producer earlier this year based upon preliminary estimates in the EIA short-term energy outlook S-T-E-O, parenthesis. In February, U.S. crude oil production exceeded that of Saudi Arabia for the first time in more than two decades. In June and August, the United States surpassed Russia in crude oil production for the first time since February 1999. That's big, brothers and sisters, that's big. Although EIA does not publish crude oil production forecasts for Russia and Saudi Arabia, in S-T-E-O, EIA expects the U.S. crude oil production will continue to exceed Russian and Saudi Arabian crude oil production for the remaining months of 2018 through 2019. U.S. crude oil production, particularly from light sweet crude oil grades, has rapidly increased since 2011. Now, I was raised out in West Texas, but I didn't really have anything to do with the oil business, the oil business as they call it. But through me becoming presidency of an oil company and studying some things, I had to learn a little bit about crude oil. So let me explain. The more sweet the crude oil, the higher the price. The higher the viscosity of crude oil, the higher the price. Now, let me explain. That's a Texas term. Splain. You got to live in Texas to understand that word. That's a good word. Splain. Let me explain. When they say that the crude oil is sweet. That means that it has 
less sulfur in it. When they say the crude oil is sour, that means it has more sulfur in it. Well, what's wrong with sulfur? Well, because your car doesn't like sulfur, and the environmentalist, uh, the, the air does not like sulfur, so it all has to be processed out, and that costs money to remove that sulfur. Also, when it is a heavy viscosity, that means it's thicker, more like molasses, all the way down to the really, really thick stuff is like tar, okay? That means that most of the best energy has already evaporated out of it. The higher the viscosity, matter of fact, the highest quality crude oil on the earth is called Bonnie Light, and it comes out of Nigeria. It has the highest viscosity. Now, that means that it has more things like propane and butane and things like gasoline and kerosene. In other words, your lighter oils, that means it has more energy. The thicker, the more tar-like, the less energy the more processing it takes to get what is energy out of it. So they don't like the thick. They don't like the sour. They like the light sweet. So remember those words. Light sweet means that's the very best. It takes less processing, and you get more energy out per barrel. So when it says that the best uh, oil is here, it says from light, sweet, crude oil grades, that's the very best. And I might also add, that is mostly what is coming out of the Permian Basin, as in the Odessa Midland area in that area. That's some of the best oil in the world, and that's the area that has pushed America over the top. Now, I've got a story to tell you here as soon as I finish the article. got two more paragraphs, then then we'll talk about it. So we is U.S. oil production, particularly from light, sweet, crude oil grades, has rapidly increased since 2011. Much of the recent growth has occurred in areas such as the Permian Basin, that's West Texas, in western Texas and eastern New Mexico, the federal offshore Gulf of Mexico, and the Bakken region up in North Dakota and Montana. Following the oil price decline in the mid-24, I'm going to explain that just a second, mid-2014, U.S. producers reduced their costs by temporarily scaling back crude oil production. However, after crude oil prices increased in early 2016, investment production began increasing later that year. So, by comparison, Russia and Saudi Arabia have maintained relatively steady crude oil production growth in recent years. Okay, now, here's what happened. So the Saudis decided that they didn't like the competition. So they decided they were going to lower the price of crude oil to put some of their competition, mainly the American oil producers, out of business. So they lowered the price of crude oil down to, I believe it was like $45 a barrel. And sure enough, it did put a few American crude oil producers out of business. But there was a couple of guys that cooked up the idea, I believe it was the hand of God. And by the way, this happened in the Permian Basin, the middle of Odessa area. And this area is where I grew up. So I, I know the area, I know the people. I mean, when I was growing up, I had uh, right out my window, I had a pump jack that at last time I went by my house was still there. And I would go to sleep every night hearing, hmm. Click, 
click, click. <laughs> I can still repeat it because I heard that sound. I grew up in the oil business, okay, but I didn't want anything to do with it. I had one of my good friends in high school die from hydrogen sulfide, which is a colorless, odorless gas. You can't see it. You can't smell it. But one whiff and you are dead. And that's what happened here. Matter of fact, there's several of my friends that died from it. I've, I've been in my car driving around the middle of Odessa area again all my life. And you never can tell. All of a sudden, you're driving down the freeway, and there's this terrible, terrible smell because you just drove through one of those terrible sour gas uh, bubbles that uh, occur on the earth. Well, anyway, fortunately, it's not hydrogen sulfide most of the time, but it can be. And there's been whole families, whole areas of people killed by one of these hydrogen sulfide bubbles that just for no particular reason at no particular time comes out of one of the wells in the area and especially if it's a cold especially of a damp morning and it's like a bubble it just stays on the earth and it just moves over and it moves over a house and boom everybody in the house dead dead gone okay that's a whole story i'll skip anyway so so what happened is a couple of guys in the west texas area during this low crude oil, uh, specifically where they're trying to run them out of business, they cook up the idea of fracking. So let me take just a second and explain to you about fracking, how it works. It used to be that they thought they had to drill straight down deep and they would run into a pocket of oil. Now, I don't believe that most of them these days are pockets. I believe that the better minds believe in abiotic oil means that oil is a byproduct of conditions way, way down deep. They don't even know how deep. They guess in the 25 miles area down deep, which is a whole lot deeper. I mean, the deepest well in the world is only six miles down. The Russians drilled it, 40,000 feet. But I believe that it's actually abiotic. In other words, it's continually created from processes down deep in the earth and the rotation of the earth. Why do I say that? Well, actually for several reasons, but one is there's been many, many, many cases where they pumped out the oil and they thought the oil well had gone dry, so they just capped it. Some enterprising person comes along and buys this dry oil well some 5, 10, 15, 20 years later, opens it up, and guess what? There's oil back in there. Okay, so did they cook up some more dead dinosaurs. <laughs> so I don't think it comes from dinosaurs. In other words, more oil was produced and flowed into that formation. It just didn't flow into that formation fast enough for them. Now, back to my point. So they cooked up this idea of fracking. Now, instead of drilling straight down, what they would drill is just down a little ways, and then they go out to the left. Or maybe even they go out to the right, and they may go out for several miles drilling in this one particular strata or layer where they believe that there's either gas or oil. And then they drill out for miles, and then they pull their pipes out, and then they put this thing down there that, how do I say this? It, there's several ways to do it. One is just having little explosions. Sometimes they put the pipe and they, they blow holes in the pipe. But what it does is it breaks up this rock formation and actually it helps the oil and the gas flow out. Now, in some cases, there's several different ways they have to do it. I'm just trying to keep it simple. 
but they'll pump down little bitty beads and force it under high pressure into that formation, and it opens it up, and all of a sudden, oil that normally, yeah, there was oil there, but there's not enough to produce. You see, there's not enough. You're just going to get it dripping out of the oil well. Not enough. But when you go for miles and you allow that oil to seep in slowly, if it's a gas well, you just hook it up and you don't even have to pump the gas. The pump, the gas flows out. In many cases, you don't even have to pump the oil out. The oil just flows out, fills up the tanks. It's wonderful. Well, that's what the American entrepreneur, that's what this guy came up with, this great idea called fracking. So as a result, started in the West Texas Permian Basin area. It may be shocking some of you that <laughs> I didn't know you knew this much about oil. Again, I grew up in the oil business, but and now I'm in the business, president and CEO of an oil company. But anyway, it's another story. So what happened is the American mind, by the blessings of God, came up with fracking. Now, it used to take like 14 to sometimes as long as 20 days to drill the standard well. Now, what's a standard well? Well, in West Texas, all of the oil is pretty much located down at the 4,000-foot level. So it would take them uh, 12 to 14 to 16, sometimes even 20 days to drill down to that level. But when they did fracking, they just drilled down a little ways and then they go sideways for a couple of miles, and they were able to drill a, a well, a new well, every seven or eight days. So that cut their expenses right there. It also gets them more oil, and then the fracking is a whole lot less than the deep down things they used to have to do. So each well costs them a whole lot less to drill, and then because of fracking, they're getting a lot more oil or gas out of the well. So all of a sudden... These companies that were going out of business at $45 a barrel, now they're making money. They're happy. <laughs> they didn't care whether the Saudis raised their price or not. They're happy. Well, the Saudis, that's what they do. They have, they sell oil for a living. And they really couldn't keep it down at $45 a barrel and be happy very long. And so it wasn't too long until they had raised the price. Here, let me just Google right quick. Let me just see uh, price of a crude oil today. All right, let's see what the price is. Oh, here, okay. Uh, 67 dollars $68, and $69 a barrel is what it just popped up. So, and by the way, that's for West Texas Intermediate Crude, and that is pretty much the standard on the world, especially here in the USA. So, instead of $45 a barrel, it's up to about $70 a barrel. Now, what does that do? That means that everybody and their brother out there is punching wells. Matter of fact, we still have friends in the West Texas area. <laughs> they say, you know what? We, we, we make a lot of money living there. Or excuse me, we make a lot of money working there, but it almost goes to living there because, uh, you can't find a hotel. You can't find one. You can't find a house to rent or to buy or, uh, an apartment. They're all taken and you will pay through the nose to have a place to live because it's booming like crazy. Now, the Anwar has opened up, and then, of course, all of this Bakken, which is also, they're doing fracking up there, doing fracking all over. Now, fracking is the big new thing. Costs less, brings in more, great deal. And as a result, the Saudis had to raise the price on oil. Now, why is all this happening? I believe all of this is happening because we bless Israel. Now, let me get to my point today.
What scares me about this is that Trump, in my opinion, and from the other articles I've read, which I'm not prepared to get up here and read for you today, Ben's all of this hoopla with my computer, but there's articles out there saying he's really, he is behind the scenes, he is actively working to give the Palestinians a state. He's actively working because, see, that's going to be the ultimate deal. He's the guy that wrote the book, Art of the Deal, and he wants to solve the Israeli-Palestinian crisis. Well, the problem is if if Israel gives Palestinians a state and America's not involved, then fine. You know, not our problem. But in that he has already cut off the fundings to the Palestinians, he also just closed the embassy to the for the Palestinians here in America. So he is putting pressure on both the Palestinians. If he's putting pressure on the Palestinians, you gotta know behind the scenes he's also twisting the arm of Israel. Now that's the part that scares me. Because if we split Israel, and this is the point of the broadcast, then we are very much going to be in trouble. And it's not going to be just our oil is cut off. If we split Israel God will split America. He will hit us with that meteor on Mona Island. He will send a tsunami up our eastern seaboard and decimate our eastern seaboard and then split America from the Great Lakes all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico. He will do that. So we at the fast track are praying that God will not split America, that that Trump will not give the Palestinians a state. Now, if you're not a member of the fast track, be sure and consider doing so. All you do is go to prophecyclubs.com uh, and sign up. Quit any time you want to. I never, ever, ever send product offers or ask for donations from my precious Fast Track team. This is only about fasting and praying. You can quit any time you want to, and all we do is ask you to fast each Tuesday evening from midnight. Matter of fact, I'm fasting as I'm making this broadcast until Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m., and we give you a list of things to pray for. Now, the reason that's powerful is because you pray alone, and that's fine. You know, you're praying alone. But the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. One can put a 1,000 flight, two can put 10,000 to flight, and probably you're already praying for many, if not most, of the things that where your fast track team is praying for, but by joining fast track, then your prayers can rattle into the throne room of heaven. With I think there was, uh, was 725 people on the. I just looked yesterday, 725 people on the fast track team. So your prayers will join 725 other people. Now we do ask this because we don't want to muddy the water. Okay, we we don't want to get uh, a, a mixed message going into the throne room. So we ask you that when you're praying for the Fast Track team, when you're praying for Prophecy Club, that that be pretty much the only thing you pray for on that day. Prophecyclub.com. Also, uh, we're planning on having Bree on tomorrow, and I've asked her to come on and pray a special blessing for all of those people that have given unto her ministry. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your gifts of support. God bless. Now from the Prophecy Club, some exciting opportunities for you. 
over 150 conferences and 50 debates defending the King James Version gives Adam Johnson the right to tell us what is the best Bible version in his new triple DVD set called King James or 400 Counterfeits, available at prophecyclub.com, gift of $45, prophecyclub.com. Get my last two DVDs, Revelations on Revelation and Kings and Priests, both of them Three DVDs for a gift of just $40 at prophecyclub.com. Revelations on Revelation. 12 Revelations on Revelation. 12 tips on memorizing scripture. Jesus is not the primary message of Revelation. What is? My biggest revelation, the morning star, and lots more. And kings and priests, what's the third woe? Who are the nations? Are all the saints kings and priests or some kings, some priests? What is the difference between kings and priests? And much more. Both DVDs gift of $40 at prophecyclub.com. Revelations on Revelation, kings and priests. Prophecyclub.com, gift of $40. God will bless you. Go visit watchprophecyclub.com, where you can watch over 160 Prophecy Club titles for an introductory monthly recurring subscription of just $20 a month, or a yearly subscription for $200. The early $200 subscription is the best deal because it locks in your rate against increases in monthly subscriptions. That's WatchProphecyClub.com. You'll love the format. It's easy to watch, and the quality is great. WatchProphecyClub.com. WatchProphecyClub.com. Go check it out today.